0: Okay, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know why I'm so nervous. Like, I'm just gonna like let it go, let it happen, and just see how we vibe and stuff. So, um, hello everyone, welcome <laughs> to my first ever podcast uh, review. The, the reality is what I came up with the title, which is, it sounds so cringy. Honestly, like I, I don't know how to like create titles or anything i'm not the kind of person that would be like clever like i don't know i carly <laughs> but and i'm also not trying to copyright anything so um it, i think the title of this is very generic hopefully it's not too cringy to me i'm like kind of cringing i made i made this title not literally an, an hour ago and so um uh, so what inspired me to do this is through my professor so um, a little bit about me i'm my name is sarah lee i am currently a master student or graduate student however you want to call it at the university of texas at austin welcome and what persuaded me to do this is through one of my classes it's it's an psychology of immigration class that is taught by Dr. Seth Schwartz, so shout out to him. We were sitting at a bar, not just me and him, by the way, oh my god, that sounded really weird, but uh, our class for the the end of the year, we had to do these research presentations, and he was like, I don't want to sit watching and listening to your final in a classroom, with no windows. So we all collectively decided to go um, to a restaurant called Tiger Sugar. If you may have heard of it, it's like kind of like a bar to me. I think it's more like a bread store, but whatever. Uh, and we all went outside and present- uh, presented our thing for like three hours. I'm not going to lie. I had a few drinks here and there. Uh, at one point I was kind of tipsy, but thankfully I did my presentation after. But um, long story short, I did my presentation on immigrant health because we did psychology about immigrants. So I, I did my research on second generation Asian immigrants and how it links to family cohesion and mental health. And the biggest thing is I mentioned three of my participants who are one of my uh, three, three of them, all of my friends. And We did little, like, Zoom interviews for an assignment in his class where we had to write a giant-ass case study. And we wanted to talk about racism, culture, stereotypes, and how that influences their individuality. And I think multiple students, when I mean multiple, I probably mean, like, two, they were like, Hey, I think with your personality, you should start a podcast. So I was like, I was, you know, I was kind of thinking about, you know, back in the day I had, um, I don't know what they're called. Uh, I used to have a big imagination growing up. So as a kid, like I remember watching iCarly and it was kind of weird mentioning the show so many times, hopefully this won't be copyrighted, but, uh, when I, me and my friend back then we would like pretend we were from iCarly and you know, I would play Carly and she would play Sam, and we would pretend that like we, we were having our own web show. And so, with that, I guess that transpires to me now thinking, like, wow, I do I do I have the comments to be a podcaster? Do I even have the voice to be a you know, I I actually research ironically as a gra- graduate student, I, I did some research on podcasting and like trying to see what kind of tones people have and the voices and stuff. And honestly, like. I don't even know if i'm doing this correctly you know you might be hearing my parents outside in the background cooking and you could probably hear me you know fidgeting i'm currently fidgeting with something uh, as i am speaking my voice is a little shaky because i'm also in my room alone and but you know that doesn't stop me from wanting to share other people's stories and what what better to start this pilot episode talking about me and my story um I guess for this season we'll probably be focusing on uh individuality and you know immigrant families minorities family cohesion and mental health just to circle around the presentation i i got an a on so uh there's a little bit of that so um honestly i'm looking at my presentation slides (laughs) so as my guidance because again i have no script this is like spot on spur in the moment kind of thing. I've been wanting to start doing this podcasting since last month. Uh, so hopefully, you know, this would gain some popularity. Also, you know, bringing awareness to minority health and, you know, second immigrant health and also family cohesion. So um I feel like I never even like told told y'all what my degree is <laughs> or what I'm getting my degree in. See do you see how um unscripted this is like I'm I feel like I'm jumping around because this is the first episode uh but you know trying to keep it real and original but um so a little bit about my life um as a lot of people may know I uh, I grew up playing tennis and that was the one thing that has been stuck on in my life until to, like till today too like I I, I literally am planning to go play some tennis today after this but um a lot of people may know me as the tennis player and it's kinda crazy how that sport like to of it it's just a stupid sport, honestly. How that fucking sport made me the person who I am. And you know, so I feel like someone should do some research, some about, you know, how sports transpires a person's individuality kind of thing. Maybe I'll do it. Who may know? Um so going out I I have two parents. I have a mom and dad. They're both immigrants. They both immigrated from Vietnam. Um, my dad immigrated here first um, after he served in the war. And then when he came back, that's how he met my mom. And then my mom wanted to immigrate to the United States. And so without it was kind of interesting hearing. When I asked, I was like, mom, how did you immigrate here? She was like, I don't know. you." your dad said you want to go. And, and I said, hell yeah. So that's literally how she told me. So I, I honestly, and it's their story. I don't want to mix anything up. And, you know, I am very uneducated with their story. So that's something, you know, maybe I'll find some time to like learn more of. But as far as my common knowledge is that's how they immigrated here, you know, um, just like how any other immigrant story is, you know, it, you know, everyone has their struggles. My parents struggled in the beginning. Uh, now, I say they are very comfortable with our life. You know, we're not the best or rich, you know, famous, but um, it got me to where I am. Uh, I, I always grew up, you know, pretty with a diverse life. I, to me, how I mentioned myself when I was in my immigration class is that I feel like I always present myself with two lives. Um, one life being surrounded by other Vietnamese minorities and, you know, like being friends with them, having their own community. And then along with that, I, I went, I grew up going to church with the same minority group. And, uh, my other life I felt was more dominated in terms of how much it has impacted my life. I've always grown up going from elementary school to even like my undergraduate college um, in white dominated schools. And honestly, tennis is probably ironically probably a white dominated sport and you'll, you'll hear why I say ironically, but I think now it's pickleball and uh, fun fact about me. I am not a big pickleball fan because again, I grew up playing college tennis and you know, played in this sport for over fucking 10 years, so don't start shitting on me as I shit on pickleball, but, um, so yeah, I, I basically lived two lives, and how I did my presentation, I started it all, uh, compared my life, oh, another cringy thing, on and off the court, um, so with this sport, I began playing at the age of five, my, as cringy it may seems, my dad. Would used to go out every night playing with like the old men at a local high school and you know as a kid I'm also fun fact I'm technically an only child I have a brother-in-law but with my parents I'm the only child um I was it would get lonely at night and I'd be like where the fuck is this man like he MIAs every day from five to eight like is, is there something kind of sus going on like the fuck and so i was like Dad, like can i can i go can can it be bring your daughter to work day <laughs> basically and so he that's how it all started like i started playing tennis uh he had a dream of me playing professional look where that ended up I'm doing a fucking podcast um he always grew up as the father figure and also the coach but the one thing is that it was more of coach dad rather than dad dad <laughs> um, and it transpired to me playing in middle school. I think I was on a middle school team and then playing in high school. And with that, with the achievements I made in high school, only in high school, uh, helped me play at the collegiate level. So I was grateful enough to play, um, D3 college. And, uh, it was a great four years. I met so many of my teammates that, you know the teammates who I grew up with just now graduated. So congratulations, uh, congr- congratulations, guys! <laughs> uh, very proud. And you know I'm about to go to a wedding soon with for my one teammates. So I, I've created so many relationships through that sport. But uh, off the court, God, that's so fucking cringy. Um, off the court, you know, I mentioned earlier I went to church. Um, it's like more of like a Vietnamese-dominated Catholic church. And I, uh, I, I was always, you know, doing a lot of youth leading stuff, uh, then maybe become a youth leader in training, but that had to pause because of how much time, how much college tennis has like done in my schedule that I didn't have time to go, you know, become a full youth leader. Uh, I graduated my undergrad with a bachelor's in kinesiology. So I was in my... P, pre-PT route but then I saw how competitive PT school was so I was like fuck that I'm gonna go into research um I am currently right now having two jobs to pay for all this <laughs> um so I work at a local tennis shop it's woman-owned you know like very diverse it's, it's a small local store in Austin and uh, I'm very grateful to meet my wonderful boss, who has supported me and helped me through everything. And then I also work at a country club, which we don't give a fuck about. <laughs> oh my god, I hope they, no one heard that. No one from the club hears that. But I do love that club a lot, but there's not there's not much to say other than I met so many great people there. There sweetest people there. I always felt welcome working at that club. There's my sweet up for that. Um, the little sh- sugar in my spice, if you may say. Oh my god. So fucking cringy. So, with that, um, outside of college, I did a lot of community service, and it's not where I go to a food bank and donate cans or help around. I do mostly tennis stuff, co- tennis-related community service. Um, I did private coaching for a little bit for some uh, middle schoolers to high schoolers. I, I am currently a volunteer coach at a small not really small it's like in a small town but uh i do some high school coaching there uh, and where i met one of the best students of my life uh i think there are a few of them that are graduating this year who you know i've been with for two to three years so uh it's kind of like a proud mom moment but also sad to see you know the people that helped you started your career as a coach now graduate and uh Next year's class is going to be a pain in the ass. I'm going to cry. I haven't cried yet. I teared up at their little speeches, but I haven't fully cried yet. And with that, it now, I guess all of them added, it got me to applying for graduate school. And uh, right now, I'm pursuing a Master's of Science in Health Behavior and Health Education. And if you want to know what that is, look it up because it's not what I thought it was. It, I mean, it kind of is. I was more towards into um, health promotion, but uh, with research, obviously. And um, it is kind of health promote, health promoting, <laughs> but it circles more on like theories and, you know, like health psychology, how we could help a person, uh, you know, for example, how can we help someone who has diabetes exercise more, you know, creating interventions, applying like psychological theories and, you know, learning cognitive functions and all that kind of, you know, it sounds very nerdy. I feel like most of you out listening. This will not be a health behavior, health educates, but, you know, it is what it is. That's how my life is. Mm, I am currently at home. <laughs> living with my parents, I, I just moved back from UT Austin. So, uh, I'll be spending my summers back at home in Austin. So playing some tennis, but, um, with all that, um, it really transpires how that influenced my individual individuality and how, you know, how much F like how my story is, there's more stuff into it. Okay. That was, uh, that was only the like slide, like what's it? Like that it's that was just the beginning. Okay. like see again this is not scripted, so that's why there's a lot of pauses there. But that was just the beginning. And we're gonna take a few minutes. Uh I'm gonna be right back, grab a drink of water, feel free. Also, one thing you may know, I might play some K pop, R and B, lo fi music, whatever it is that I'm vibing. And maybe you might, you never know. Maybe you like some music that I add on here. So we're just going to take a quick break. All right, Eddie Baca Jr. started following you on TikTok. Oh, God. That's, that's weird. Sorry, I took a little bit of TikTok break, and then I just got a notification that Eddie Baca Jr. started following you, so that was weird. Um, So I feel like that first half gave you a lot more about me, but, um, you know, this is the first episode. It's the pilot. Like, I, I got to be the pilot to your co-pilot. <laughs> I just can't wait for my partner to hear this and be like, what the fuck am I listening to? Because this is not how I talk when I'm in front of them. But, um, you know, so one thing I added in my slide was I did add like a little bit of encore and encore of my stories. And I put in the bottom here, how was my mental health throughout this whole process? And then the next slide says, fucking horrible. And. You know, and what did it link to, to my family? So, review review, quote unquote, revealing the reality here. What made my life possible is through my family, good and bad. You know, you know, my parents are not bad people. You know, they're just strict ass Asian parents. And as you may hear through a lot of Asian podcasters, that strict Asian parents are very crazy. But I still love them. it doesn't matter but um the reason why what made my mental health horrible is you know i listed out a few bullets here family expectations i think a lot of minority families you know i feel like all families might have that regardless of race and ethnicity mental trauma that's something we're going to get into stress and anxiety lack of confidence and social support i think social support and family expectations for me link together just because um, we got fake bitches in my life, okay, I, I grew up with a lot of fake ass bitches, and it's something that, I don't know, I just always had a trend, you know, that's something I could share in a, in a later episode, but, uh, I just always grew up with fake ass hoes and, I feel like to me, my family is the only people who really support me. And obviously I have teammates. I don't give a fuck about high school. Okay, we're going to talk about college. But my teammates in college are very supportive in their own ways. Uh, Mental trauma, I think it focuses more towards, you know, again, having that figure as a dad, as a coach. um, Which is something that should never happen. If your dad ever asks you, can they teach you a sport? Just say, just sign me up to a fucking school or an academy don't go through it i'm i'm giving you a heads up there um stress and anxiety i think that links with both outside of tennis and in and the i think with all that it links to my it links to family my like family cohesion and if you may not know what family cohesion is because you're not a grad student it's basically how your family how tight and how close your family is what are the family bonds that you have you know does your family spend time with you do they does your family support you and whatever you do do they do you guys fight you guys are you do you guys have the same type similar views and um you know for my family unfortunately there's a lot of things we agree and a lot of things we don't agree on. I think that's just how it is. You know, everyone's human. Everyone has their own choices and views and opinions. So it is what it is kind of thing. Um, so forwarding on with a lot of family cohesion, when I was doing my case study with my friends doing that Zoom in reviews, I mentioned a, I, I took out its and bits of family cohesion here and there. And that. it it just made sense as to you know second generation immigrants and with family cohesion and the you know the parent immigration push factor culture racism and stereotypical experiences that influences who they are today so i'm going to mention three of them they all will be most likely participating in this podcast later in the future um So we can start off with, um, Elma. So Elma is, (laughs) she just graduated. So that's why this is the first thing that came in my head. So congrats Elma, but I'll read you a little quote. She says about her mom. It says she mentioned that her parents were not happy about her success, but were thrilled. They do not even know what she's getting a degree in. The club organization she's been president of for two years, and her nonprofit organization. It's because they don't care, is what Elma said. Um, Elma stated that her mental health does not exist. Oh, sorry, I read that so wrong. Elma stated that mental health does not quote unquote exist in Pakistan. So what she said in this quote is that um, that her family is not very happy about her success, but. Th- they are thrilled obviously it's like the participation award I guess um kind of vibe and it's just the fact they don't even know what degree she's getting in and like I've seen her you know run a fucking organization not for two years but the half half of the year that the last year okay I may say the last year that she served as president um Madam President has been serving a organization at her university for two years and basically ran her own department. So it you know, it's fucking crazy. I can't even do that. Like I would want to like jump off a bridge if I had to do this for a long time. So props to you, Alma. And and also she basically is the founder of her own nonprofit organization. So that's a woman of business there you think I'm a person of woman in STEM that bitch is a woman in business insert parentheses global business but it you know if I was you know her mom I would be interested to know what your child is doing you know in school I mean wouldn't you want to know like I think it's I think the other day my mom asked me what does hbhe which is health behavior health education stand for and what does it do and i was telling her like it's more of like learning how to take care of yourself and like improving health through exercise diet and nutrition blah 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 blah. and then so she was like so is that a medical degree are you gonna be a doctor and i i am actually planning to get a phd soon in the future but i was like yeah i'm planning to get a phd to you know have the title of being a doctor because I'm getting a doctoral degree but mom that doesn't mean I am going to be a medical doctor and she was like uh-huh so you're going to work in the hospital soon and I was, <laughs> I was like god damn it you know it, I think again it's I from I guess for my mine situation I think it's more of the language barrier you know I, I my Vietnamese is not the best her English is also not the best so it it's kinda hard to explain. It's hard explaining this in general. So and I, and that's also a thing I feel like um there's just so many barriers with being um you know a second generation immigrant or having parents immigrants or being an immigrant yourself having to understand so thinking you know the American society and quote unquote the American dream if anything. And um you know, I, I take pride into, like, how my parents immigrated here. And it's just so hard for them, you know, to live a happy life. They are happy here in the U.S., you know, compared to going back to Vietnam. But it's hard to live through that society and, you know, having these barriers. Um, moving on, Bella, who also graduated. Congrats, Bella. Um, You know, she also said... um you know, something that most Asian parents struggle with is the word proud. Um, I asked Bella if her parents are happy or or proud with her success in graduating college and earning her business degree. And also, she's going to graduate school, too, like me. Uh, and weirdly, she didn't know how to answer because she never asked. That's also a thing. Like, I, I honestly never asked my parents like hey do you like what i'm doing like do you like that i'm doing research if anything my ask my dad asked me like are you gonna make money i'm like i don't fucking know like i'm still in school like if anything i'm drowning in doubt or not doubt debt (laughs) and doubt i guess but um then she also mentioned that her parents would just brush away her achievements as expectations and taking these moments and emphasizing them as a process and again me and bella we're both practically the same person. We're both Southeast Asian. <laughs> but um, I think that's also another thing. Like, I feel like one day I came home. Actually, this summer, I just, I came back. I got my grades back and I got, you know, I got all A's. I got a 4.0 this semester. That's the first 4.0 I ever have in my life. I'm not joking. I have, I had GPAs that were much lower than that but the fact that i was able to tell my dad hey i got 4.0 he literally just said all right cool like and i was like are you not shook like i was like do you not think i'm lying <laughs> but uh i feel like that's another thing too like everything is set as an expectation as you know a minority i guess for specifically you know in asian groups uh, a lot of those things are set as expectations and it's it's hard to get, I don't know the word, the, the feedback, but like another word for fee, empathy. It's hard to get empathy back. And I don't know, like I couldn't, I couldn't. I, sometimes when I get shit back, I'm just like, okay, I, I don't care. Like I don't, I'm not, I don't care. I would show it to my partner because obviously they would care. But if it comes to my parents, they probably don't care as much. Um, lastly, I have another friend who also graduated, Sheila, so congrats to you too. Um, so Sheila's mixed, so, uh, however she does, when you look at her, you might perceive her as white presenting, but, uh, you know, honestly, I'm just being biased and I know Sheila, she really emphasizes her mom's side of the family, so her Indian culture. Um, she says because her parents were both teachers they had high expectations and relied heavily on straight a's or um how she looked prefer as quote unquote the unspoken pressure and that, that's a lot that's another thing that a lot of you know minority groups have is that unspoken pressure it's just more of like you just have to fucking do it anyway um, she chooses business as her major to use her skills and knowledge to get Funding from her workplace if she ever wanted to pursue a master's or PhD degree. Um. You know, it's very, I, you know, I can't really, but I wouldn't know how much pressure you would have if both your uh, parents were teachers. I think I remember her, mo- uh, she told me her mom has a PhD. I don't remember what her dad has, but just like, imagine, like, like, imagine Hypothetically, you have parents that are both like doctoral, you know, professors or PhD professors and all that. I'm just that shit sounds scary. I'm i glad my my mom and my dad are not teachers or anything. Like my mom is really good at math, so the unspoken pressure for me is like knowing how to fucking add. Um, I guess a quick story: I did Kumon for like a day, and I fucking hated it because Kumon made me felt dumb. And so because of that, my dad would like weirdly quiz me randomly. He'll be like, What's he'll be like, what's two plus two? And then like that just scares the shit out of me. And then I'll be like, five on accident. And he'll like, he'll be like, Wow, you are fucking stupid. Well, guess what? I know what two plus two is. It's fucking four. Um And with all that, I think my now my I would say now my mental health is more stable and reliable uh I have you know a better support system and everything and I think a lot of the mental health stuff comes from my family being from the unspoken pressure and having to do a lot of you know schoolwork and like you know, thinking you gotta get the best school grades and everything which is something I'm going to talk about I kind of wonder if people have, oh, okay. So I have B real and one of the biggest things on, on b real is that I have as a pet peeve is like, if one day is missing, like, I think it's just like me being like an organized freak that if I see one blank b real, it kind of drives me off. And like, especially if I want to take a picture of like the calendar, like, I think I have, so far may is all good i completed april i completed march but february i missed valentine's day which which is weird i don't know how i did that but it it looks weird just having like a blank b-roll okay so moving on um the last bit we're gonna talk about my mental health Woo. we love mental health right um so what i remember telling the class on my presentation was that a few things one there was a statistic that said a lot of second generation immigrants don't seek mental health services or or that if they even talk about the slightest thing about mental health it brings quote unquote shame I have the sources too, if you ever want to know. Um, and it just, how I would, really, okay, how I would like relate to that is, uh, I do remember there was a time I was not playing the best tennis of my life, like I'm not going to be honest, there, there's never been a day I played the best tennis of my life, but you know, it was just not a day. Honestly, and I told my dad, I was like, it's not my day, and he'd be like, The fuck, you mean it's not your day? You just suck, you know? So, like, that man does not believe in mental health or anything. Um, sorry, I had a text, <laughs> but um, it just says that you know, like. No one gives a shit about your mental health which is bad like you know you matter everyone matters their own selves mental health is a thing and excuse me we need to bring that awareness and um i didn't know i had a few like conditions here and there with my mental health until i entered college so a little quick story i tore my acl uh, um my freshman year of playing tennis uh during the spring season so we were playing as a team not individually and that dramatically obviously one put my skill level all the way down to the fucking floor and burned and then two i was very depressed you know because like i came to school playing college tennis and now look at it it's just horrible (laughs) i guess it's just like sad it's you know that little cloud of rain that falls on your head um that was very depressing to know and oh my god i'm so sorry it's just so fly come with me um it's just sad to hear and um i decided to go see help with my depression there and it i was given a sports psychologist and with that, that's when I knew mental health, oh my God, that sounded weird going on the first day, damn, boom, knowing what it is. No, uh, after like realizing how I needed to go seek help and how it took me to college to figure out how to seek help, it, it gave me an idea of like, why hasn't mental health been brought up a lot? how come we don't have these resources for you know all ethnic and minority groups or or individuals who are immigrants or have parents with immigrants because you know mental health is a big thing and i feel like it's easier for someone who this this is my personal opinion i think it's much easier for someone who is perhaps white dominated to seek better mental health services than a minority it's just because it to me, I feel like I'm like embarrassed to go and which is what the research here says. It would bring shame. Um, Another source says that individuals of immigrant parents are least likely to have resources and mental health services because they're unaware of their health status. So again, I was not able, I had these symptoms and I knew I had bad days and sometimes, you know, I had a dad that, you know, fucking verbally abused me every morning on the way to school And I didn't know this was a problem until I entered college. So it's just it's just so fun, you know, like moving on. (laughs) Thank you for hearing my traumatic experiences. Um and obviously just to line things up, families with high levels of family cohesion are at lower risk of mental health disorders, distress and drug use that is something pretty obvious you know if you if you grow up with a happy family you're going to be happy i know something you may say i know a lot of families may not have the accessibility or resource to have you know a family or to have you know better family cohesion but the i think the word that matters in that is the word cohesion, having confidence in yourself, having, you know, social support from peers, you know, guardians, all that. I think your professors, teachers, you know, other students, you know, I think having the cohesion in your life is what's gonna make you happy and what's gonna make you, you. Like I mentioned earlier with my three friends, all of them are all successful. All of them just graduated literally fucking yesterday. (laughs) And all of them are all doing, two of them are getting, you know big girl jobs one of them is continuing graduate school you know me myself i am continuing to graduate school i think the other day i was like with like my friends that i grown up with you know for a really long time they're like what the fuck are you doing and i was like i'm going to grad school and they're like i could never you know i'm reviewing the reality and that is me it's who i am i love being me i love teaching tennis to students because i want them to be happy i don't want them to have a sucky ass coach yelling at them sometimes i do yell at them but that's because they're teenagers they're going to be fucking annoying but and they know that too they know that they're fucking annoying that's why they drive you insane but i also you know love what i'm doing coaching teaching learning and you know that's what inspired me to do this podcast and i believe that's going to be it for today. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed a a pilot story, uh, until we meet again, um, stay tuned and thank you so much.